Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, Mark Farzetti here, host of the Farzee Show. And for my show's podcast, I use Anchor. And you should too. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money off your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Anchor. Oh, and how much would you pay for something like this? Hundreds of dollars? Well, forget about that because it's free. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, good morning and welcome into the Farzee Show. Mark Farzetta with you here at the Steven Singer Studios. As per usual, so much to get to. Paul Hudrick will join the show from 97.3 ESPN, uh, as well as coming in for a landing podcast to discuss all things 76ers. And guess who bet the game last night? I couldn't help myself. Saw the Sixers at a minus uh, 15, and I was like, bah, they got that. And sure enough, they did. So that was cool. Uh, we'll get to that in our big bet segment a little bit more. We'll talk about Joel Embiid. And here's the interesting thing when we talk about the Sixers. Uh, playoff rotation for this team is going to be interesting in terms of how expanded it's going to be from what we're normally. Normally, you see like normally you see like what the Rockets did last night, which was an eight man, uh, basically an eight man roster. That's usually what you see at most in the playoffs. And the Sixers are looking at maybe nine guys. They're going to get significant minutes uh, in the postseason. Uh, so we'll uh, break that all down with Paul Hudrick. We'll talk about it as well. I uh, also want to tell you right out of the gate, uh, guess who's running things again today? Huh? This guy. Big boy. That's right. I'll be seeing your comments pop up again. Uh, I'll be running the show. Still some uh, technical difficulties we're trying to work through. So I'll be pushing the, as we like to say, uh, pushing the button, spinning the dials. I'm uh, in front of the glass and behind the glass in the old lingo there. So, so much to get to with that. We got a lot of Phillies conversation. We're going to let you hear from Joe Girardi after the Phillies won, uh, get this, three in a row, three in a row, three out of four so far, three out of four so far uh, right now, uh, taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's great to see for the Phillies. Uh, a great, uh, great throw, great, or not a great throw, great play made by JT Romuto yesterday after Didi Gregorius got you a grand slam in the early goings. So there's plenty of things to get into when it comes to the Phillies. 
And uh, for all the people that are big Flyers fans that watch the show, uh, here's what I got for you as far as that goes. Uh, Shane Gossespierre got screwed royally. And if there's any, and you may have, you may, maybe you've heard me say this before, if there is any conspiracy theory that I believe about sports in general, here's the conspiracy theory. Uh, the, the conspiracy theory is that the Flyers are still paying very much for the sins of the 70s by the NHL. And because Shane Gostisbehere, a man with no prior record uh, in the NHL of dirty hits or dirty play or anything like that, uh, got suspended while a guy like Tom Wilson, who's got a rap sheet, right, uh, only gets fined is atrocious. And we'll break that down a little bit more for you later on. But let's uh, let's get things. Let's go in uh, chronological order, if you will. Let's start it off with the Phillies, who get yet another one-run win. I'll break it down for you. Here's the Phillies' formula for success. Uh, build a big lead. All right, they did that yesterday. Check. Grand slam. You know, Didi Gregorius, great to see that. Eighth grand slam, by the way, by him. That's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, Didi Gregorius gets the uh, grand slam. So he built a big lead. Check. Uh, lose that big lead. Cut it down to one run by the ninth inning. Then, with that, make sure a runner is in scoring position as your closer or whoever's pitching the ninth inning starts to look a little shaky. <sighs> And then close it out and win. Oh, maybe um, let me. I'll I'll add one more step between uh, make it shaky and then win. Uh, right in between there, look around the stands and see if you're giving all the fans heart palpitations because that's what I was going through last night trying to watch that game. I was at that point. I'm flipping back and forth between the the Phillies and the Sixers, but I'm watching that game last night and I see uh, Alvarado coming at the end of the game, man, and he is popping the minute at 100 miles per hour, and it was it was great to see that. But one of the things that was most surprising things about this game was uh, Eniel De Los Santos finally is able to pitch in a Major League uh, Baseball game. That was good. Uh, his velocity, and if you watched him in spring training, you, you would see the velocity every once in a while when they'd be able to provide that on the broadcast. You'd see it a little bit higher than what we're used to seeing. You're used to seeing it more in the low 90s, maybe mid 90s. And then last night you see 96, 97 he was getting it up to. Uh, in the in the eighth inning yesterday, and how about him actually coming in in the eighth inning? A guy that hasn't been on the major league roster pretty much all season, he comes into the game in a crucial part in the eighth inning and takes care of business. So it was great to see that. But before you obviously saw the uh, the, uh, the the great effort there uh, by the by the Phillies offense in the first inning, and then after that, it it was null and void. It was non-existent. And after that, it was all about pitching and defense, pitching and defense. And when you saw the uh, the the throw home from Oduble Herrera, first off, I can't believe they sent uh, Volgenbosch. How do you say that guy's name? That big dude that if he was here in Philly, he'd be a fan favorite just because he looks like a linebacker trying to play. No, sorry, excuse me. He looks more like a center trying to play uh, baseball than anything. A center in football, that is. And um, he's thrown out at the plate. It was called safe originally. They review it decide that the tag did beat him as he was sliding more so over the plate as opposed to touching the plate. You, you win some, you lose some. The Phillies have won more than they should have so far this season, considering the first thing I thought of was Alec Bow. But I digress. Uh, Odubel Herrera gets the ball in center field, fires it home very high. Uh, JT Real Muto, well, let's just see, see the play in a second. JT Real Muto jumps up, gets that thing out of the, out of the air, applies the tag immediately, and uh, and he gets the out at home plate. Uh, and again, it was called safe at first. They they refuted it, and he was called out, so the run doesn't score. But after the game, uh, Joe Girardi was asked about that particular play, and he gave us a little nugget. Odubel Herrera actually admitted 
that he did not make a good throw to home. Now, this is Joe Girardi and how he broke it down. Dubal's throw, um, it turned out to be a very, very big throw. Would you prefer to see him hit the cutoff man there? Or well, yeah, to, those- to, to be lower, but I think it, it slipped a little bit. And I mean, he even said, I'm in a bad throw. JT made a great play, and JT made a great play. It turned out to be pretty big. It's, it's yeah, huge. It was. It was sheer athleticism by your catcher, and that's one of the things that we don't talk enough about. Yeah, we always talk about best catcher in baseball and all that stuff, but in terms of being an athlete, JT Real Muto just might be the single best athletic catcher I've ever seen. Single best athletic catcher I've ever seen. Uh, it was amazing, that play that he made. It was a spectacular uh, spectacular play by JT Real Muto. And even in other plays, um, Roman Quinn has made not-so-great throws to home plate, and JT Real Muto has been able to apply the tag. And one thing, and I got into this on Twitter yesterday with somebody, or two days ago, rather. JT Real Muto has taken this Buster Posey rule of not being able to block home plate, and he might be the quickest and the best to adapt to it in all of baseball. Because one of the things he does so well is time the throw. This is not an example of last night, but just what he has done with plays at the plate and not being able to block home plate is that he has timed the throw so well to allow him to move into the base path to make the tag and at the same time make it more difficult for the runner to try to get the home plate. And what I've noticed that he does is, and this is wild, um, he takes a step in front of home plate. So it's like you can't say that I'm blocking home plate if I'm in front of the plate. It's not He's not moving up the line. He takes a step ahead of home plate, fields the ball, but times fielding the ball so it drags him across the plate so it can't be argued that the throw didn't take him into the base path. And he's able to do that so well. And then last night, totally different, he goes air real muto, if you will, palms that ball, brings it down, makes the tag, and obviously it's a one-run ball game, so it made all the difference in the world. So that was just a spectacular play by the Phillies catcher. Now, as far as the bullpen goes, man, they really like making it interesting, don't they? Uh Last night, you saw uh, De Los Santos come in and handle his business. You saw Alvarado come in. Runner gets in scoring position again at second base, but he's able to get through it, and the Phillies uh, get the win. It does make you uh, sit on the edge of your seat. It does make you feel your heart start to beat through your chest a little bit more, and you can see your shirt uh, moving just a little bit. But uh, bottom line is they closed the door when they had to close the door, and they got a, a great effort from the rest of their pitching staff after you saw a guy like Anderson finally got gotten to a little bit later in that game. But here is uh, here's Joe Girardi talking about uh, Eniel De Los Santos as he made uh, basically his major league debut this season, his season debut. Here's Joe Girardi on who they had going for him in the eighth inning. Well, he showed us more velocity is what he showed us. I mean, I think last year he was maybe 90 to 92, maybe 93, and we saw 97s this spring. So a, a changeup that was pretty good, a slider that was pretty good. Um and I and it was just a different guy than what we saw last year. He's um, I think he's lengthened his arm stroke a little bit to gain some power, and it's worked. Ver- worked very well uh, so far. So today the Phillies will go for the four-game sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. That feels good to say. Phillies in first place now in the National League East, which also. Feels pretty good to say. Uh, by the way, Zach Wheeler will get the start for the Phils today as they wrap up this four-game set against Milwaukee. And Milwaukee, by the way, came in pretty hot team, uh, 17 and 11 on the season, looking pretty good. Uh, I saw the stat yesterday that it's like the fewest amount of teams that aren't even playing 600 baseball. 600 baseball. 
in all of Major League Baseball. So a, a lot of these teams just beat the crap, of, crap out of each other in their own division. Dodgers have fallen off the uh, the wagon a little bit here since uh, starting out red hot, like 10-3 and three start to the season, and they haven't been the same team since then. So a very interesting baseball season, and we'll be tracking it all the way through. Uh, I do want to bring it into the Sixers conversation and what we saw last night. I'll point it out again. You only saw an eight-person roster from the Houston Rockets last night, and I couldn't help myself. I got a little cocky. I was feeling myself a little bit, right? And I saw that the Sixers were at a minus, fi- minus 15, and I thought they're in statement mode. The Sixers team's in statement mode. They want to blow teams away before they got a team like the Pelicans. I might give them a little bit of trouble, but uh, they're, they're playing great on the road. They're going for their sixth straight win, and why not uh, see them continue the statements, if you will? So I went ahead and bet the game. Uh, it was a little closer in the beginning. Sixers won every quarter, so I'm not saying there was any type of panic mode or anything like that, win or loss, bet all betting aside. Uh, but when it came to the way they played last night, I mean, Joel Embiid was just an unstoppable force. 34 points again for him, 30-plus 30, 30 points again for him, 34 overall. It's just another ho-hum, la-di-da type of day for Joel Embiid. But here's what was so great to see from this Sixers squad last night. Everybody got their minutes in everybody played in this basketball game. You had eight different players, almost nine players with 20 minutes or more in this game. And this is exactly what you're supposed to see. You're supposed to see a Houston Rockets team that's the worst in the NBA that was even worse last night because they didn't have anything close to a full roster. You're supposed to watch the Sixers go out there and dominate, not just win by 20, but empty the bench, get everybody in the game, Get G League MVP uh, Paul Reed in the game. B-Ball Paul. Get him some reps. See Matisse Thibel get some more steals. See Shake Milton right the ship for him. He's been a little streaky lately. He certainly was not last night. You saw everything from him. And Tyrese Maxey, get in the game, son, and make some plays. Even to the point where later in that game, you saw Doc Rivers almost getting in his face a little bit, saying, hey, man, come on. You need to, you need to, you need to shoot a little bit. You need to let it rip. And even after the game, Doc Rivers talked about how he loves to see Tyrese Maxey being more aggressive, going to the hoop, and also shooting threes. And that was just, I thought, a, a great performance doing exactly what you were supposed to do. There's there's some games that I know a lot of people will just brush aside and be like, oh, well, what do they yeah, – you're supposed to do that. Yeah, but how many times do we talk about teams playing down to their opponent? How many times do we talk about teams not playing at their highest level because of who they're playing? How many times do we say – like games against the Cleveland Cavaliers, oh, you can't lose to the Cavs. Hey, I hate to use this cliche, but the other team gets paid too. Sixers have a lot of guys on their team that are getting paid some big bucks, and you want to see them nullify the opponent when, uh, whenever possible. And last night was the perfect time to do that. That's exactly what they did. Sixers two in a row. Sixers two games in first place in the uh, Eastern Conference, and uh, their magic number right now is four to clinch that top spot in the East. So, obviously, you love, you love what you saw from Joel Embiid. Now, here's what was wild for Ben Simmons. Last night, Ben Simmons... Early in the game, had a little turnaround jump shot, a little fadeaway. And it's funny. I still think like this with Ben, and perhaps I'm just a big old idiot. But when I watch Ben, there are certain situations where I'll see him with his back to the basket around the elbow, and I'll think, is he gonna is he gonna shoot? Like is he is he getting into a threatening position to shoot the basketball? Because we all know the first thing he's thinking is either go to the hoop or find the open man that's not him, maybe swing it to the other side, it'll skip past whatever it might be. And and that's usually what you see from him. But there's a look that he gets 
when he wants to score. And it's almost like a shark when there's blood in the water, right? Or a fox that tastes blood. Like, you can just see it, the killer instinct, right? And you saw that a couple of different times where he just let it rip, man. Uh, and that's what he did last night. And there was a couple of occasions where you saw him at least attempt that outside shot. So it's worth noting, right? It's worth just asking the coach about it after the game. We'll get into this when Paul Hudrick joins us in a little bit. But uh, Doc Rivers gets asked about it after the game. And Doc's like laughing. I don't know who it was that asked the question. But he's like laughing at the reporter who asked the question about Ben Simmons using that outside shot a little bit. And she, I, I don't even want to say outside shot because people jump to three-pointers. and That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a mid-range game. Anything outside of two feet from the basket is what we're talking about. And Doc Rivers is just like, yeah, you guys worry about Ben and shooting, and I'll worry about everything else he does great. Yeah. Uh, like It's not so much a concern as much as it was more so an encouraging sign. Anytime you see a player start to expand his game a little bit when you're not used to seeing him do it, I think it's worth at least trying to get a quote from the coach about it. And it's funny. I know a lot of people try to think about what reporters ask after a game as if it's to challenge. Like, hey, why do you? Why is Ben Simmons shooting? Huh? And it's like, it's that's not the reason at all. It's literally just to get the coach talking about it so you can get his input on it so you can write it in your story. And we all know what the coach is thinking at that point. But Doc Rivers is just like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. Like, it's a really interesting thing that Doc Rivers is using. And if it's a 100% sincere then it's 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 interesting. If it's just a, a smoke screen, like on the side, they're working with Ben and they're telling him he needs to shoot and be more aggressive as a scorer, then it's also interesting. And however they play it. But the bottom line is you actually saw it on the court last night. And here's what also is good. Ben knows how bad the Houston Rockets are. Ben knows going into that game how depleted they are roster-wise, right? So why wouldn't that be a game that you would treat a little bit, um, I don't know, liberally, if you will? Throughout the game saying, oh, you know what? this is a game where I can work on my stuff because I know we can get away with it and still win by 20. So that might be going into the mindset as well, where you might look at it as a, an exhibition, if you will. So that's what I saw from Ben Simmons last night. And you love you love to see it uh, again. Then go into the bench and we'll get into this with Paul Hudrick. You go into the postseason. And could Tyrese Maxey actually be getting run here in the postseason? I'm not talking about like huge, significant 20 minutes or anything like that, but you think about it for a second. And after you're starting five, you know, Dwight Howard's going to be getting minutes. You certainly know because you're, you know, I mean, I mean, Joel Embiid's not going to be playing 48 minutes. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Matisse Thibel's going to get run. You know, George Hill's going to get run. Jeez, uh, Furkan Korkmaz is going to get run. That's four other guys right there. So you're already at nine. And then if Tyrese Maxey gets the minutes, you're talking about a pretty, pretty deep team right there going into the postseason. So, man, Sixers close out this season. I believe they have uh, five, six games left in the year. Sixers close this game or close out this season, and you're going to be seeing a lot of different guys get some looks before the end of the year. And I am, I just can't wait. I'm at a point right now with this Sixers team where I am just over the moon ready to just see them play in the postseason. And I've, I've told you from months ago, I had this horrible thought, horrible thought, two dark places I went to recently. One has to do with the Eagles that we'll get to a little bit later. Um, and then the other has to do with the Sixers. There's no way this team can lose in the second round, right? Right? There's no way. <laughs> Come on. It's crazy talk, right? That's the biggest benchmark for me in measuring this team is getting past that second round. It should be. A Nets, Sixers, Eastern Conference Final, 
That's what we're all expecting. If the Sixers make it beyond that somehow, I, I will be even more over the moon. But I am just ready to see the Sixers play in the second round, and I'll be treating that as if it is the biggest hurdle that the Sixers have not been able to get over since the days of Allen Iverson. 20 years! 20 years, man! That's basically where we're at right now with the Sixers. So I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping the Sixers aren't doing what I'm doing, which is just looking past the first round of the playoffs uh, already. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll see the, the Sixers be able to uh, to do that. But we got some plenty. We got plenty of time to be kicking that around and discussing that. Uh, coming up in a second, we're going to be doing our interview with uh, Paul Hudrick. Uh, we're also going to be doing our, uh, our our social media check in. Brought to you by Steak and Main at SteakandMain.com. Uh, we're all be uh, running through some of the fine comments of you wonderful people. Uh, throughout the morning's got some people chiming in already so we'll uh, make sure we get you guys up there in just a second uh and uh, we got our morning rush that includes a no hitter conversation which is always enjoyable so we'll get to that in just a few um real quick i mentioned uh, two dark places the one dark place was the sixers not making it out of the second round of the playoffs which is just horrendous uh then it, it, this is the other dark place so and th- maybe this is why we can't have nice things as eagles fans in talking to Mike K yesterday, and I hope you guys enjoyed all that we discussed from Devontae Smith to uh, Cary Grant movies. Um, but uh, of all the things, Devontae Smith's trainer also worked with Justin Jefferson, and he also uh, worked with Jamar Chase. And in thinking about that and the attention to detail that Devontae Smith has, and I also saw uh, his high school coach, Devontae Smith's high school coach, talking to Jeff Skaversky of uh, 6ABC, just about what a quiet type of guy he is, uh, Devontae Smith is, and how he just is a no sir, yes sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am type of guy, which I I just admire, you know, somebody with manners. Uh, But I think it shows a type of discipline, and if he's that disciplined with something like that, how disciplined is he going to be with the game of football that he loves so much? But there's the dark place that I went to. Justin Jefferson and Devontae Smith in the same receiving core. I'm not going to go to DK Metcalf. I'm not going to go to Terry McLaurin. I'm not going to go to those guys. Not doing that. But just, man, if you're Jalen Hurts and you're chucking the football at uh, chucking the pigskin there at uh, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Smith, that's that's nice to dream about, right? Can I, can I kind of just dream about that for a second? And that's actually the dark place because that's where I was thinking, man, how good could it have been? Not to be negative, but that's just where I'm at. Anyway, let me tell you about, speaking of not being negative, let me tell you about my good friend, Steven Singer, Steven Singer Jewelers. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mother's Day, Sunday. Hopefully you're prepared for Mother's Day. Uh, You know, you can always go to Steven Singer or Steven Singer Jewelers for some of the great pieces of jewelry, great diamonds, right? If you want to take care of mom this Mother's Day, all the great jewelry they have at Steven Singer of Steven Singer Jewelers. But how about this? Don't forget about the gold-dipped rose, 24-karat gold-dipped rose, the number one gift for Mother's Day. Don't buy flowers that end up in the trash in a week. Buy a real rose dipped and trimmed in 24-karat gold that lasts a lifetime. Stevens always likes to say that he's in the love business, and this past year we found out how just important love is. So Steven is continuing to send love by using a portion of each rose sold to support local restaurants by catering meals, for all the incredible nurses, doctors, first responders, and hospital heroes. Don't be fooled by copycats. Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com and check out the original 
24 karat gold dip rose. Famous lifetime guarantee as well. They come in exclusive colors starting at just $59. So go to IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Each one comes with a free personalized gift message. Fast shipping as well, and uh, it's uh, guaranteed to last a lifetime. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com, the other corner of 8th and Walnut, right in Philadelphia. Uh, so make sure you check out my good friend Steven Singer of Steven Singer Jewelers. Uh, we're gonna, I see a lot of the comments rolling in here uh, across all our social media platforms. I'll get to your comments coming up in a minute, but let's talk some 76ers. Six in a row, ladies and gentlemen. Six in a row for the 76ers. So without further ado, let's talk to our good friend Paul Hudrick of uh, 97.3 ESPN, as well as coming for a land, coming in for a landing podcast. Joining us on the Zados Investments guest line, if we're going to talk hoops, who better to talk with than our good friend Paul Hudrick of 97.3 ESPN, as well as coming in for a landing podcast. Paulie, how are you, brother? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you, bud? Uh, you know, it's just one of those games. Joel B, 30 points, 10 plus rebounds, goes off. He's fine. But how about this? Uh, the bench came up with 56 points for you uh, just last night against the Houston Rockets. Uh, that was the most impressive thing to me in that game. How about you, sir? Yeah, them just holding the lead. It was big. And and I, I have to say, it's funny. Like, I, I get some people don't want to get to, oh, well, it's the, you know, the Rockets. They stink and they're undermanned. And, or, you know, the other night, ah, you know, they had to beat the Spurs in overtime. They had, they've won six games in a row. They've won three straight road games, which last year, I mean, <laughs> Uh, did they win three road games last year total? I, I don't even remember. Like it's so it's just you you have to win. You have to show up. You have to play. You have to win. And that's not always easy, especially when you know you are at full strength and the other team is not. So I think the fact that the last three games they have just or you know whatever the last four or five games they have just said we are the better team. Let's just go in there. Let's kick this team's butt and move on to the next one. I think that has been huge. And, yeah, the, the benchmark, to your point, it's a big part of that. The last two games, they were not good. They were very bad, as a matter of fact, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, they were really good at home. But that You know, the, those three straight games at home, those three wins, that they didn't, the starters didn't have to play in the fourth quarter. Not the case the last two because the bench did not do its job in the second half. This one, they did it. Um, again, you could say what you want about the Rockets and them being undermanned, but they took care of business. They did their job, and they got us to the point where we got some b-ball ball minutes tonight. So it's uh, that's always a treat and a pleasure. So, but yeah, I, I, the bench much more encouraging effort in this one than the last two for sure. Yeah, uh, but first off, as a guy that bet the Sixers to cover the fifteen and a, uh, fifteen point spread, when I saw B-Ball Paul, I was like, "Keep it coming, baby, keep it coming." Uh, and Shake Milton was pouring it on in that game. But back to your point. Yeah, most people, when they looked at a game like this against the Rockets, and the Rockets only had eight players going for them tonight. But when you look at this game, yes, it should be a blowout. Yes, it should be a 20-plus point victory for the Sixers. But, okay, fine. Do what you're supposed to do. And what Doc Rivers did was he had, I believe it was six or seven different players, almost eight, actually, no, eight players, I think it was, play nearly 20 minutes plus each player of the eight, eight players playing almost 20 minutes or more in this basketball game. And to get that scoring from the bench, I think it is very significant because they did exactly what they were supposed to do against a team like the Rockets. 100%. Especially, you know, I, I was just glad to see Shake Milton kind of get his get his confidence up. And that's what it does to me. I think it's a, it's a confidence booster, um, if anything. And I thought, you know, Tyrese Maxey gave him some good minutes again. And Doc Rivers keeps mentioning, you know, he keeps saying Tyrese Maxey and postseason and playoffs – in the same sentence, uh, I don't think he'll be a part of the rotation, but that shows me that um, 
Doc Rivers won't be afraid to go to him. And, and I get it because what Tyrese Maxey brings, and I've been talking about this all season, Mark, since the draft when I've been talking to you, is just the idea that he just brings something that other guys in this team don't as a guy who can, you know, is lightning quick and get to the basket. Uh, you saw tonight, he, or, you know, against the Rockets, hits a couple threes, which, which is a very welcome sign. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think, you know, the bench unit, as a whole, I'm really intrigued by it. Um, I don't love the all-bench lineups. Uh, Doc Rivers really loves them. I don't quite get it. He did say to us, I think it was like a week ago, he said at one point, like, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to go to an all-bench lineup in the playoffs. Uh, my thought was, well, you probably should be. Um, an all-bench lineup I, I don't think is going to work very well in the postseason. Um, I do also worry about the Ben Simmons-Dwight Howard combination on the court. Um, and Matisse Stavley add those three in there. Um, I do worry about spacing and them on the offensive end of the floor. But, um, yeah, I, 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 the bench has done its job. I, I, what Matisse Thibault has done this year has been nothing short of spectacular. You see he's getting a lot of national buzz now. He was in the defensive player of the, the year. He's fifth in the, in, the, in the NBA ladder for that. I think that might be a little much. But I, with that said, I, he's, you, it's undeniable how good he's been. He absolutely belongs on an all-defensive team, uh, just with strictly the numbers he's put up from a block and steal perspective. And then I think at last check, he was also number one in opponent field goal percentage. So the kids having a hell of a year, you put him and Ben Simmons on the floor together in the playoffs. I mean, that's, it's a wonderful combination. And then George Hill, who we haven't even talked about yet. I mean, that, I think that addition is going to be really big, especially in the playoffs right now. I think he's just kind of being a little bit more passive, maybe not looking to over, you know, you know, over step on any toes or, you know, do too much. But I think you you see when he has his moments to shine, how good he can be and how big of a help he's going to be on the defensive end of the floor, too. Absolutely. And that's why I've been saying the Nets don't want this smoke with the defensive lineups <laughs> that the Sixers can put out there. The Nets of all the teams, even though I think they have the edge still on the Sixers when they're healthy and all that. But still, the Nets don't want this Sixers smoke because I think this is the best defensive team that they could go up against. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you could certainly make an argument to the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they're no slouch either when you have uh, Giannis, when you have Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday, who's playing really good basketball yeah, right he now. Really is, yeah. uh, when you have those three, that that's and, and P.J. Tucker, too, who, who I you know I really, really would have liked to see in, in a Sixers uniform, didn't work out that way. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibault. I mean, they're two of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA period, and you have both of them on your team, and then – to throw in um, Danny Green and George Hill, who are two solid veterans, and then Joel Embiid protecting at the rim. I mean, you. It, this is a really, really good defensive team when they are, are, are all healthy. To your point, when you get to a playoff series against a team like the Nets, yeah, not, not too many teams are going to have the players to match up with those three guys um, throughout the course of an entire basketball game, let alone uh, a seven-game series. So, that is going to loom large. And then I don't want to forget about Tobias Harris in that mix either because Tobias Harris isn't on that level. Clearly, he's not an all-NBA defensive type guy, but the, the steps he has taken and how much better he's gotten on that end of the floor and to be, you know, at 6'8 and to be able to guard some of the guys he guards, whether it's, you know, a guy who's maybe more of a post player versus a perimeter player and the way he's kind of been able to handle those assignments this year, that's going to be a big factor against the Nets too because – there's going to be picks. There's going to be switches. There's going to be things that happen, and he's going to have to step up in certain moments and guard guys like that. Yeah, Paul, just real quick to backtrack. Uh, I broke the story yesterday. I don't know if word got to you yet. I know how the internet can move slow and stuff. Uh, the the, uh, the Bucks are a fraud. 
So I'm not even worried about those frauds, even a little bit. Not even this wow. year. Okay. Go to the playoffs again. No worries. Sixers and the Nets. No other team exists. Everything else is a warm-up lap. So that was a story that broke yesterday. Anyway, anyway <laughs> um, can confirm. Can confor- confirm. I was going to say, problems. I might get some sources on that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, follow, you follow me. Let me know if I'm wrong or right. I, I will. Uh, now I'd probably just jinx the whole thing anyway. Uh, <laughs> but let's get into some of the stuff. You mentioned uh, some of the things. One of the things that Doc Rivers said post came about uh, Tyrese Maxey, and he's a better three-point shooter than we give him credit for. The man's now just flat out laughing at us, Paul. Uh, uh, Doc Rivers comes out after the game and, sa- and he gets asked about Ben Simmons shooting jump shots, which he actually shot. Had a nice turnaround jumper uh, early on in the ball game tonight. It was nice to see that little fade away to it, but uh, he's shooting the jump shot a little bit. It did it last night against the Rucks, uh, Rockets. So Doc Rivers then starts laughing at people asking the question, like, "Yeah, you guys worry, you guys worried about the jump shots, and I'll worry about what he's doing everything else in the game." It's a terrible Doc Rivers, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, so Doc Rivers comes out after the game and basically says, "You guys worry about that. I'll worry about everything else." And he just laughs at us now. Has it gotten to the point where, generally speaking, it is laughable whenever we bring up a jump shot in Ben Simmons? That sounded more like Columbo than Doc Rivers. But, uh, I just there's one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, to Do- I will give Doc Rivers this. He has been very consistent with that message uh, from the moment he got here. He has said, uh, not even just from Ben Simmons. He said the whole team, I do not care where guys score from, I just want to score and I want to win. Um, so I, I give, I, I will give Doc that. He has been consistent with that message all year. Uh, when you see, if you go to a Sixers game, I know not many people have had that opportunity, obviously, this year, but when you go to a game, uh, you see Ben Simmons warm up. He works with Sam Cassell every single night and they take. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tons of different shots. Um, you know, they do some post stuff, they do some wing jumpers, they do some corner, corner three, wing three, top of the key three, tons of free throws. So he's working on all of these shots and working on shots that, that I, I, like I'll say like game type situation shots, not just shooting to shoot, which right. I think he kind of, if I'm being not to you know discredit the former coaching staff, but I feel like sometimes when Ben warmed up, he was just shooting, you know, stationary shots, normal, like not anything like with movement or that might imitate a game situation. I think he does that a lot more um, when you see him warm up and you do see him take a little bit more of those fadeaways and, yeah, Mark, it, it can be a big shot because there are too many times to me where he gets caught up in the paint with nowhere to go or the shot clock's winding down and he kind of has the ball in that area where sometimes you just got to shoot it. Um, it's not something like I don't want him living there. I don't want him taking 10 a game. Right. But um, uh, having that in your back pocket and feeling comfortable doing it, um, it when a situation presents itself is certainly a good thing. Um, 
if I'm Doc Rivers, I, I, I guess I, I'm like split on whether that's the right, the right path for Doc Rivers to be like that, where for him not to care at all where he shoots from. Now that's also what Doc Rivers is telling us. Um, is that what he's telling Ben Simmons? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he might not be because Doc Rivers is good for that. An example is Doc Rivers has told us relentlessly, I'm not scoreboard watching. I am just paying attention to what's going on in front of us. As he was getting off his presser tonight, I heard one of their fantastic PR guys, Patrick Reese, relay to him that the Bucks were up two. So I'm like, <laughs> tell me you're not scoreboard watching. So I think, but listen, I'm okay with that. Uh, as a reporter uh, covering a team, I expect the coach to lie to my face. So I'm, it's fine. So I, I'm just curious. This is what he's telling us. Is that what he's telling Ben? Or maybe he doesn't want to reveal the conversations he's having with Ben, which I'm, I'm okay with and I get. Well, that's where we go to the actions as opposed to the words. And the actions are, like you just pointed out, Sam Cassell is working him a little harder before games to make sure he's not just breaking a sweat, shooting jump shots. He's actually out there practicing game-type uh, situations, really, when he's practicing that jump shot. Yeah, 100%. I, and I, I have to give, you know, give a lot of people credit for this season and the Sixers turnaround. Obviously, Doc Rivers. But then the staff that Doc Rivers hired, man, he did a hell of a job. And yeah. Sam Cassell's right at the top of that. Sam Cassell was getting some feelers for a head coaching gig. I imagine if Ben Simmons plays well in the playoffs, you're going to get – he's going to – you're going to hear the credit that Sam Cassell is going to get. And that's going to turn, I would think, to even more interest to him as possibly becoming a head coach down the road. Um, you got Dave Yeager. I believe he, I believe he was just uh, mentioned as a possibility – if Terry Stotts uh, gets relieved of his duties in Portland, Jaeger could be a, a candidate there. Um, they they and Dan Burke has just been a stalwart. You, you see the the mess that is the Indiana Pacers right now. If you didn't happen to see that, um, where you have players literally telling coaches to sit the f down. Um, now Dan Burke was in Indiana when that team was going right and had survived several coaching changes. So uh, I give Doc Rivers a lot of credit for the team improving. I also just give him a lot of credit just flat out for the staff that he uh, put together, and they're doing a hell of a job. Yeah, and the willingness to, to to coach for a guy like Doc. I mean, we talk all the time about players wanting to play for Doc. How about coaches wanting to coach under Doc so they can learn from him and then take that take that knowledge elsewhere in their careers? Um, something else I want to ask you about here, Ben Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year. Is he the is he the, the, the likely candidate now? Is Joel Embiid the likely candidate? Who do you think wins that Defensive Player of the Year award? I think it's going to come down to Simmons or Gobert. Uh, that that's just my sinking. My 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 suspicion would be that because you have you know the the, the two teams that were the the best teams really in, in the conference for most of the season in each of their conferences. Two of the best defensive teams in the entire league, and then those are the two best players on it. So I, I would have to imagine um, it's going to come down to those two. It's tricky with Ben Simmons, I think, because when you look at a when you, when he goes. When you're comparing Ben Simmons to a big man, because when you look at Rudy Gobert, there are a lot of numbers and a lot of advanced stats that kind of that can show rim protection, that can show a guy changing and altering shots at the rim. A lot of stats that can back that up. There are not a ton of stats that can back up what Ben Simmons does because how often is Ben Simmons on the best player on the opposing team? How often is he maybe playing, you know, in a more kind of a roamer role, as Doc Rivers likes to call it, where he's almost playing like free safety and trying to, you know, deflect passes or, or you know, play good health defense. And I think it's just harder to quantify what a perimeter defender does than a than a um, 
like a rim protector like a Gobert. With that said, I, I personally, I, I think that Ben Simmons, if, if, if I were, if I had a vote, which I do not, I would be voting for Ben Simmons because I just think Ben Simmons affects winning in more ways than Gobert does. And that's not to take anything away from Gobert. The guy's one defensive player that he deserved it. Um, and you look at that Utah team, they don't have that many great one-on-one perimeter defenders. The reason part of a big part of the reason why they're so good as a team is because Gobert protects the rim so well. But I just think what we've seen out of Simmons this year, what he's done against some of the more elite players in this league, I I, I would give him the nod over Gobert. All right, 20 wins on the road this season is what the Sixers got to. In total, officially, they had 12 wins on the road in all of last year, quote-unquote. What do you attribute the biggest turnaround to to their road success that they're having this year from last year? Growing up, I just think this team has grown up over the last year. When you talk about Joel Embiid, there's no question. I mean, Joel Embiid will tell you that, um, how much he's grown up over the last year. And, you know, Ben Simmons, and I think – it Doc Rivers for sure gets credit for that. He, he's an experienced coach. He knows what it takes to win. He's dealt with these kind of situations before. He's had young teams. He's had old teams. He's had superstars. He's had role players. He's had he's seen it all. There's nothing this guy hasn't seen. So I think he's been a big part of that. I think um, I give Daryl Morey credit because I think Daryl Morey bringing in Danny Green. I, I like I can't over like I can't overstate it. Had the the impact that Danny Green has made on this team. Um, on the court, off the court, he has been so huge for them. You bring a guy in that has won three rings. Uh, Mark, like how many guys have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid played with that have won multiple championships or, you know, one championship and actually like played a big part in it? There's really, right. the list is very small. So to bring in a guy like that who has impacted championship teams and played huge roles, Dwight Howard as well, because this version of Dwight Howard, this is a new guy. I mean, the way he has come in, so humble, so wanting to help. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, I, I just think the veteran experience they have brought in, there's just, just a different air. There is a maturity about this team. Um, and I just think of like, like specific stories. Like there was the overtime game um, against the Knicks where they had blown a lead. The Knicks came back and tied it. And Doc Rivers said everyone was down. Every, every player, when they got back to the huddle, every player was down. And Danny Green looked at all of them and said, whoa, 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 we are still going to win this game. If Danny Green isn't there for that, I, like, it, it, like there's probably, I don't know, maybe 15 examples that I can think of of games where they don't win them last year. They're, they're losses. And yeah. I think a guy like that has really affected winning. And I think, yeah, the coaching staff and then guys like Danny Green, guys like Dwight Howard have played a huge role in that. All right. Obviously, the Sixers right now, their magic number is four to be the number one team in the Eastern Conference for the playoffs to get that number one seed. Uh, they do that, right? They, they, they get they clinch that number one seed. They're not going to fall apart in the last, like, what, five games of the season? I don't want to. I don't want to say you yes. Nobody's from the area. Listen, man. You know, first of all, yes. Uh, second of all, I have a Twitter account that people can yell at me at, so I'd prefer not to <laughs> go too bold with that. But look, no, they should. They should. They one hundred percent should. They have. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. But I also want to ask you this real quick. Uh, playoff rotation. What do you think it ends up being? Who do you think we see the most of coming off the bench for the Sixers? Uh, Matisse Thybul, I think, is the guy you're going to see the most of, just because of how impactful he is on the defensive end of the floor. And then I think George Hill and, and Shake are, are certainly going to be in there. They're going to be firm in there. And Dwight Howard is going to play. You know, at, at, as Joel and B talked about, he's trying to play 36 to 38 minutes. That only leaves about 10 for Dwight Howard, which I think is good for him. It's good to have those kind of small bursts with him in the lineup, give you a little energy, a little boost. 
Um, so yeah, but I, I would expect Matisse to have the biggest role just because I think he makes the biggest impact of any of the guys that can come off the bench. Paul Hudrick, always a pleasure catching up with you. Good to talk. We've been talking so much football this week with the draft and all that stuff, just wrapping up over the weekend. Good to get our uh, feet wet, or rather, should I say, uh, feet back on the court, on the hardwood, if you will. Indeed. Paul Hudrick, 97.3 ESPN, as well as coming in for a landing podcast. Paulie, always great catching up with you, man. Thanks so much. Oh, Mark, always a pleasure, buddy. Good Paul to talk Hud to you. Always, uh, Paul Hudrick joining us here on the Zados Investments Guest Line. How great is it uh, to talk to a guy like Paul? And uh, thanks to Paul for uh, for joining us there. And you talk about maturity with this basketball team. And it's so many years with Ben and Joe, like really every year with them prior to this year. We've talked about that next step. All right, enough of the, the kid crap. Grow up, right? And I really, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a father now. I don't know. But you really, I guess, take notice in how that does change someone's life. And Joel Embiid, I can't remember an athlete that's, that I feel has changed that much in becoming a father. And I hate going into somebody's personal life, but he's talked about it himself, Joel Embiid. He's talked about how he wants to be the best possible player for his son, Arthur. Like, ah, who's chopping onions, man? Make me cry. And he wants to be that good so that Arthur can aspire to be better than him one day. And like, hey, man. As a guy who's rooting for this team to win, I want the best version of Joel Embiid every single night, and I think we all do. And whatever inspires them, we talk about it with athletes all the time. I mean, we talk about it a lot with with uh, Michael Jordan in the in the Last Dance documentary. How one guy was like, "Hey, Mike, good game," and I took that personally, you know. And it's like he he got pissed off at that. And it's like, "Hey, man, whatever you need for motivation." Well, what better cause for motivation? What better reason for motivation? What better fuel for that fire of motivation than becoming a father? And Joel Embiid has certainly matured, and that's an instant. For a lot of people, that could just be like, you could be the most in, uh, immature person ever, become a dad, boom, grow the hell up. Like, that's kind of the way that happens um, for a lot of people. And Joel Embiid might be that type of guy. I, I also think um, that maturity comes with having more of an elder statesman, if you will. I think Doc Rivers is that type of guy that the second, well, I won't say think, he is the type of guy that the second he walks into a basketball locker room, those guys stand at attention. The second Doc Rivers walks in there and, and speaks, his voice, and I won't even do the terrible impression again, uh, his voice carries a hell of a lot of weight. His voice is a haymaker that demands respect and I think having him for Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and then somebody also driving that point further with a guy like Danny Green takes it to the next level. Then you also have a veteran like Dwight Howard who is just – I don't know if there's been anybody who's had more fun in Philadelphia in such a short amount of time, more so than Dwight Howard. So I think it is a perfect combination, and Paul also hit on this. You also have a guy like Daryl Morey who's bringing in these veterans to help coach up these younger guys, help show these guys how you be a professional. And I think you have just seen a giant leap forward in Joel Embiid's game because of it. I think you've seen a much better Ben Simmons this year because of it. Uh, and overall, I think you've seen a much better Sixers team. And I know a lot of people just want to talk about the difference between Brett Brown and Doc Rivers. But really, the, these veterans have helped drive that, driven that home point, uh, driven home that point even more so. And I think that's something that gets overlooked. Uh, Joel Embiid even talked about something that's a little bit more tangible, which you can see in the box score, which is the shooters that have been brought in. 
to make some baskets for you. Guys like Seth Curry, who has been great this year. Guys like Danny Green, who's been great this year. Those guys have done a phenomenal job of just hitting big shots from the outside. And Joel Embiid talked about that as a big difference between this year and last year as to not just why they're winning on the road, but why they just look like such a cohesive unit this year. We looked at this team in years prior and looked at J.J. Redick as the guy that was supposed to be the guy carrying this team from the outside. And oftentimes that's what it had to be. But with guys like Seth Curry getting the minutes he's getting, with these guys as starters on this rotation, uh, starters on this team, and seeing guys like Danny Green hit those shots as well, Furkan Korkmaz playing better this year, Mati- um, uh, Matisse Theibel trying to hit more shots from the outside. You have just seen this team as a whole take a giant step forward. And hopefully, once again, it goes back to taking that uh, giant step forward past the second round of the playoffs and at least into the conference championship game. Uh, so my thanks again to uh, Paul Hudrick joining us there on the Zados Investments guest line. Do want to tell you about our friends over at Philadelphia Sports Nation, a local Philadelphia sports site covering uh, your favorite teams here in Philadelphia across all blogs and social media as well. Go to phlsportsnation.com. That's phlsportsnation.com, Philadelphia Sports Nation enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. I mentioned them a couple times already, my friends at DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. The hits literally keep on coming from one boxing event to another, and that's why you got to trust DraftKings Sportsbook because they got a great offer where you can turn $1 into $55 with DraftKings Sportsbook on the action going on this weekend. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook offering new users the opportunity to get 55-1 to odds on either main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. Bet $1 if the fighter of your choice wins. You cash out at $55 plus Basketball, hockey, playoffs right around the corner. DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code FARZY. That's promo code FARZY to sign up for a limited time. And new users can get a $1 bet to win $55 on this weekend's main event. DraftKings Sportsbook. Going all out for new users by offering them a chance to win $55 when placing a $1 bet on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. How about Steak and Maine and SteakandMaine.com? Tony Cavada, my man, pots and pans. Tony Cavada. Uh, I've told you about the wine. I've told you about the delicious, uh, the, the meats, the sushi, everything they have in the heart of Northeast Maryland. It's a great spot to go to. By the way, they're all booked up for Mother's Day. If you didn't get your chance to get there for Mother's Day, folks, you missed out. Uh, whether you like to dine in a more upscale steakhouse or casual bar and patio, you'll enjoy, enjoy the highest quality prime meats, fresh seafood, world-class oyster bar, and freshly prepared sushi, kavada, cellars, wines, great wine list in general. Open every day for lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Steak in Maine in the heart of Northeast Maryland. Voted number one place for steaks in America. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the Travel Channel and the Cooking Channel. Check it out for yourself at stakeandmain.com 
for more information. Uh, Zados Investments, love telling you about Zados. They bring us our guest line every single day. Zados Investments is an up-and-coming luxury real estate and development company in the Philadelphia area. They design and develop top-of-the-line custom homes all around the city, ranging from small single-family rehabs to ground-up new construction townhomes and condo buildings. Zados also works closely with their private investor base to provide them with substantial returns on their investments, ranging from 20 to 40%. I was checking out Zados Investments social media on their Instagram. So many great places they have popping up around the city, and they look amazing. You got to check them out. Uh, ZadosInvestments.com, or to learn how you also could invest with Zados, hit them up at info at ZadosInvestments.com. How great is that? Uh, Speaking of sponsorships, I can't say anything just yet. I, I will just say this real quick. Um, we've been, we've been so, I mean, just to start this show three months ago and already have sponsorship is, is great. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate all our fine sponsors, which you see here across the bottom of the screen. Uh, we're going to be adding, man. And that really comes down to you. So I just want to take a second and thank all of you who listen to the podcast, all of you who watch the show every day and comment. We'll get to you guys uh, coming up. Uh, really. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I, I am just so honored and privileged to be a part of your morning and your day. Whenever you uh, consume this content, as we say in today's digital world, uh, whenever you consume this content, I uh, very much appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all the people that work so hard on the show. Jim Hyden, who I reference at the end of every show, our producer, and uh, everyone from Buzz Sports and Entertainment that um, uh, put on the show. So thank you to everybody involved, most notably our listeners and our viewers. So we're only going to be adding. Show's growing, baby. Show's growing. Um, let's get to some of your fine comments here as we get into our uh, our, uh, our comment section here, our uh, social media check-in brought to you by Steak and Main at steakandmain.com. Let's start it off with Harrison right here. Uh, Matisse is the man. I would agree that Matisse is the man. Uh, love Matisse Thibel. Love him expanding his game and hopefully getting more consistent. His three-point shooting percentage is actually down, I believe, four points, five points from last year. But it's weird. It's one of those things where it just doesn't feel like that when you watch him. I don't know if it's the confidence. I don't know if it's getting more of an opportunity to shoot from the outside, whatever it might be. Uh, but bottom line is, this guy is going to be in conversation, as we were just talking about with Paul Hudrick. Matisse I was going to be in conversation for the defensive player of the year. Uh, maybe not in a serious way, but at least like you talk about top five type of guy in the NBA. Man, his minutes per 36 are pretty much amazing. Uh, let's get to First Down Frank once again checking in saying good morning. Well, good morning, First Down Frank. Good morning to you all. Betty Lipman. What's happening, Betty? Um, a win is a win. I believe we're talking about the Phillies there. Yeah, I don't care if they give me heart palpitations. I don't care if the Sixers a win and win. If that's what you're referencing, I don't care if they blow out the Rockets. I'm celebrating a win. Bottom line. Uh, my man, Mally Pots and Pants. How about that? Mally checking in. Uh, morning, Mark. Morning, my guy. Morning, my guy, Mally. Always nice to hear from you. Uh, Mike Fuji. Fuji Mike checking in. Good morning. Phillies always bring the bullpen dra <laughs> dramatics. <laughs> it's always a high wire act. It certainly is, man. Uh, I'll take it. Like, we'll get to it a little bit down here. I will. Let's see if I can jump to this real quick here. Um, Kevin Smith's chiming in here. We're talking about the Sixers, most boring six in a row ever i will take and by the way if you were on our comment section here this is me commenting here i am i'm talking for the farzy show today uh boring wins better than exciting losses uh yeah a win is a win let's get back to that if it's a one run win and you're sweating right and you're watching the bullpen out there yeah that's uh it's still a win if the sixers win six in a row i'll take it because you know what they haven't done the thing where they play down to an opponent and then we're all pulling our, well, if you have here, you're all banging your heads against the wall. There you go. That's universal. We're all banging our heads against the wall. 
simply because we don't know, uh, we don't know how the hell they they've lost the game. They should have won. They got the Pelicans coming up tomorrow night uh, in South Philly, uh, and then I forget who they have after the Pelicans. I think it's the Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons. Uh, so two home games, and they go on the road for two to Indiana and Miami, and then they host Orlando for Orlando for a back to back to end the season. There is a chance here that the Sixers uh, they win twelve in a row to end the season. There's a chance here, and if they do that. You're talking about a 50-win season in the COVID-shortened year that was the NBA in the 2020-2021 NBA season. I would love to see that happening. Um, you don't see them play down to their opponent. Oklahoma City, they play Atlanta twice, blow them out of the water. They play, they play San Antonio. They, they, they win in OT, but they won. Uh, and then you beat Chicago. And then you went and beat the, the Houston Rockets when they were completely totally short uh, on their roster. But six more games left on the season. Pelicans is the game that I look at the most here. That and going to Miami to face Jimmy Butler. That should be a fun one, obviously. But yes, a win is a win, as they done do say. Uh, Dan Schwartz, my man. Dan Schwartz checking in saying, um, uh, not afraid of a bench lineup in the first two rounds. Let's hope that's all it takes. A bench lineup, give these guys enough rest to move forward. Uh, Mally's checking back saying, I miss Kayak Farzi. I miss Kayak Farzi. Now, I'll let you in on a little thing. Uh, I might actually be taking some uh, some time off uh, later in the summer, in August. My wife's family has a little family reunion going on in Colorado. So uh, I'll be flying out there to Colorado. They have a lake. Her uh, her uncle, uh, who, who uh, looks like Teddy, Rose Teddy Roosevelt, that's just fun to say, and it's true. Um, uh, uncle Jerry, they have a lake on their property. He was in the meat business, right? And... Um, they have a lake on their property, so I might just borrow one of his kayaks and go out and just do a show from out on the lake. Although it's a little earlier out there in the morning, so I don't know if it'll be light yet out there. Maybe I'll just tape something uh, the day before, some generic stuff, like my top five favorite eagles of all time. I don't know, something more creative than that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back on a kayak before you know it. So you, you just wait. Uh, oh, now I got people uh, ripping my impression of Doc Rivers. I, it, it's not like okay. I, I just have something weird in my brain. I have many things weird in my brain, but it's really difficult. And I don't know if I can even say I'm one of those people because I don't know too many people like this, but I'm definitely one of those people that if somebody does have a unique voice and I'm telling a story that incorporates something that that uni unique voice person said, I can't tell the story without doing some hat tip to the way that person sounds. Like, for instance, people are talking about my JoJo impression. Uh, it's T-Bro. You know, Mark's JoJo gets me every time. I I can't. It's difficult. To, even earlier in the show, when I was referencing Joel Embiid, talking about how the shooting from the outside, the shooting from the outside helps. Like, that, even that, like, it, I have to fight every urge, every fiber of my being to not do the JoJo voice. My, my JoJo voice, I guess, in just telling that version of the story. But I'm glad you guys enjoy it so much. Um, <laughs> Mally's back. Uh, definitely can see Mark fighting a lion doing his JoJo voice. Put him up. No, that's what you need, Mally. You need Joel Embiid playing the role of the lion from Wizard of Oz in like a charity production of the Wizard of Oz. Pop, pop, put him up. Like that would be, I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that. Uh, what do we got here? Give us the impression. I just gave it. Okay. You guys are the okay. I I'm just seeing these now. I just gave you the impression. Thank you. Is this Taylor as well? Yeah. Taylor's checking in. Give us the impression. I just did it. Dodo. J Dante's checking in. 
what's up, Dante? Daddy Jojo for the uh for the uh for the uh the, for the win. I guess that's what he's trying to say right there. Uh you guys are the absolute best. <laughs> I don't even um Matt, I don't even know if I can uh Yeah, what the hell? Uh Matt, we uh, Matt says we can we consume you all the time, Farzy. You guys are off your rocker. I love you all. God bless you. That is our social media check-in brought to you by our good friends at Steak and Made and SteakandMade.com. How about our morning rush? Our morning rush segment brought to you by Sky Motorcars and SkyMotorcars.com. What is it with no-hitters this year in baseball? Uh, John Means gets a no-hitter yesterday for the Orioles, and it was, a, I believe, a pass ball. So he essentially had a perfect game. But because of the pass ball, no perfect game. Mm-mm-mm. No perfect game for him. Uh, so uh, he unfortunately doesn't get the perfect game, but he gets the no-hitter. The last out of the no-hitter against the Mariners, you know who it was? J.P. Crawford. And how about this? Uh, my buddy uh, Mikey Donahue, his uh, lovely wife Becky, was out there. She's from Baltimore, so she's from Baltimore, Maryland. So she's out there in Seattle visiting a relative, and she goes to the Mariners-Orioles game. So I had a friend in the stands for a no-hitter yesterday. She was there with uh, her young nephew, and her nephew – uh, no idea. So young, he had no idea what was happening, but I hope that kid appreciates it. He'll appreciate it later in life when he's told by his parents, oh, you know, you were at that game, son. And he'll go, oh, yeah, cool. I remember everything. And he'll have to, like, go to baseball reference and check everything, and, you know, it'll jog his memory. But how great is that that they got to go see the no-hitter yesterday? And that guy, John Means, was a bullpen pitcher, like, 20 minutes ago, and he comes out, next thing you know, no-hitter. Uh, what else do I have for you? Uh, Phillies game. Obviously, they're going for the sweep today, so that'd be good. Oh, I always like to give you the NBA scores. Bucks edge the Wizards one thirty-five to one thirty-four. Russell Westbrook triple double yet again. I saw somebody tweet out uh, recently that if uh, Russell Westbrook went the rest of the season, which five six games, whatever it is for the Wizards, if he went the rest of the season and just didn't record a stat, he would still average a triple double. Which shouldn't be that. I mean, only five six games left. Shouldn't be that impressive. Uh, by the way. I was talking to somebody in the uh, DC media last week, and they turned me on to something that I, I hadn't really thought about. But it really comes down to how valuable is a triple double, and that might, that question might sound ridiculous. But there are guys in the league that just pad stats, right? And I'm not necessarily saying that Russell Westbrook is doing that, but this person in DC media—we were off the record, so I don't want to say their name. Um, they were telling me that they have figured out the Russell Westbrook triple-double formula. And it's like immediately he goes for the assists. Like In the first quarter, he'll be all about the assists. Second quarter, he'll be all about the points and the rebounds and getting points in transition. And then third quarter, he kind of goes back to the assists. Fourth quarter, he goes back to the points. And one of the things that they, they went through, one of the reasons they brought this up was – he had just cussed out one of his teammates for missing a wide-open three that he would have had his 10th assist on with about whatever it was, like 20 seconds left in the game. And they started to go back and look at some of the tape and look at some of the numbers quarter by quarter, and it was like you could definitely see him stat hunting in the different quarters when he was lower on one stat than the other. So, yes, that would be stat padding. Regardless, Russell Westbrook is still uh, just one hell of a basketball player. It goes without saying. Uh, so the Bucks won yesterday over the Wizards, 135 to 134. Bradley Beal had a great game for them as well. Uh, Russell Westbrook, triple-double. Celtics got the win, 132 to 96 over the Magic yesterday. 
so the Celtics, they, they just blew the magic out of the water. So those two wins in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Bucks game plays a little bit into my big bet segment that I'll get to in just a second. But I knew I had one other thing that I wanted to get to you here. Oh, Yankees and Mets. Uh, it, it's like the whole conversation about getting vaccinated. I got vaccinated, right? I got the shot. That was all that stuff. Uh, I'm not going to tell anyone to get vaccinated just because I like, I feel like that's such a personal thing, like almost who you voted for. Um, I got vaccinated. Uh, you do you, but the Mets and the Yankees are now offering free tickets to the vaccinated. So if you got vaccinated, You'll get your own little special section, too, at a at a, uh, a Mets or Yankees game, and you get free tickets to that. How about that? I saw some colleges are just flat out uh, de demanding it, making it a requirement, and that's fine. They, they do You do you there as well. Uh, but I feel like when people talk about getting vaccinated, I feel like people are like almost asking, hey, by the way, who'd you vote for? Like I almost feel like it's like, it's kind of kind of my business, right? Uh, I got vaxxed. I'm open about it. I don't give a damn, but uh, that, that's what I got for you. I even showed you the picture. When I got vaccinated, it was at Walgreens, and they had uh, they were making more rooms for people to get vaccinated, so they put up like a faux wall, and it happened to be in the adult diapers section. So as I'm getting the shot in the arm, I'm staring at a man who's wearing Depends, and he's all proud of his Depends. Like I said, hey, you do you. Uh, I thought I had one more thing I wanted to get for you here. I'll make sure I get to my notes. Oh, yeah. Uh... The House of Dragon is coming out. I saw they just released the first uh, behind-the-scenes footage, not footage, but photos, set shots, if you will. The House of Dragon is the prequel to Game of Thrones. I don't know if I instantly stopped caring about a series that I loved, a show that I loved, faster than I stopped caring about Game of Thrones. I loved Game of Thrones. I thought it was great. My wife and I got into that really late. I think it was like season four or whatever it was. We just started binging all of it, and we loved it. It was great. Um, I don't know if I've ever stopped caring about a series I loved more than the, as fast as I stopped caring. The minute that last season, the, the second to last episode, I was like, huh? And then the way it ended, I was like, what? I don't want to ruin it for anyone that might be binging it right now. I, I, I'm almost rooting for this show to bomb. House of Dragon. Anyway, uh, so that's what's happening in that uh, show, the picture. I know there's a lot of big uh, people that are big fans of that show. I was a big fan of that show, and I just I just stopped caring, basically. All right, let's get to our big bets. Our big bets segment brought to you by oh, uh, Morning Rush, brought to you by Sky Motorcars and SkyMotorcars.com. Uh, here's what I got for you for big bets. I won the bet. I mentioned it enough times today. Won the bet for you yesterday. Uh, plus 15, excuse me, minus 15. Sixers were 15-point uh, favorites. They covered that yesterday, won by 20. That was awesome. Uh, today, this is what ties in with the Bucks and the Wizards. Wizards lost by one yesterday to the Bucks. They're uh, one-point underdogs going up against the Toronto Raptors tonight in Toronto. I like the Wizards winning that game, covering uh, or you know, covering that one-point spread. So I like the Wizards tonight winning. Basically a pick them, so I'm going to uh, throw a couple of bucks on the Wizards and see what happens for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening here to the Farzy Show. Make sure you subscribe there on uh, YouTube, Twitch, whatever it might be. And also uh, check us out across all our social media platforms. My thanks once again to Paul Hudrick, who joined us on the Zados Investments Guest Line. My thanks to Jim Hyden. And also, this is a Buzz Sports and Entertainment production. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Uh, Adam Kaplan looks like he'll be joining us to uh, give one final recap on the uh, NFL draft as it pertains mostly to the Eagles. And what will finally happen with Zach Ertz? 
Has he really played his last uh, down as an Eagle? We'll talk about all that and more tomorrow on the Farzee Show here at the Steven Singer Studios. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. I'm Mark Farzetta. Take it easy, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.